Alright, I'm on the headset. Oh, there we go. Okay. Alright, we'll try this. Sounding rich and buttery, Bill. Pow! Like Velveeta. If I have to dip the mic. The problem is I, if I occasionally re reach up to my face, you might get this. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's fine. That's me smacking the mic. Smack that mic. Smack that mic. All right. We'll give this a take two. <clears throat> Back to the bin. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. I am your host, and uh, as I look around, I'm the only one here, except for maybe a guest star, because I got no Scott, I got no Paul, but what I really need is, I might need a hero. Are you holding out for a hero? <laughs> he's gotta be strong, and he's gotta be, uh, he's gotta he's gotta be, be larger than life. I need a hero. Yeah. Actually, looking at the two of us, it's more like a hero sandwich, but whatever. There's a great metal version of that song now from a, from a German power metal band called Grail Knights. It's pretty, oh. it's pretty awesome. Oh, I've, uh, I've been getting into, uh, I've been discovering some, Oddly enough, one of them is a German metal band. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't know what their political leaning is. So if somebody starts this, oh my god, I can't believe he likes Rammstein. Rammstein is political leaning is where Rammstein. <laughs> that's that's what they are. Okay, I mean, you know, there's a couple songs that I like. I just yeah. like the whole the whole prospect of of metal music in German. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of German metal bands out there, man. A lot of German metal bands. My uh, and then I also like uh, baby metal. I like baby metal too. I don't know why people, especially the chocolate metal. song. I I, I, can, I don't know how many I can watch that song. I can watch them do the video over and over. It's catchy, man. It's catchy. There's a couple. All right, if you if you're getting into that kind of stuff, this is more of the. Um, fantasy type power metal but uh this band called uh glory hammer um mm. and they clearly read way too many thor comics in kirby comics when they were growing up <laughs> look them up you'll have a blast uh and let's see who else and if you like the german metal stuff it's a german metal band but they sing in english uh sabaton and all of their songs are about um historical battles sweet yeah and and they're talented it sounds good so Enjoy it. Like, like the one that Trump, that our our president told us about when the revolutionaries took the airport. I, you know, if anybody can make a song out of it, it would be them. <laughs> yeah, good one there, Herr Trump. <laughs> and they stormed, and they took the airport. They were in Terminal C. The best invasion. <laughs> Anyway, we're uh, not yes. here to talk politics no. or metal. We're here to talk some comics. Damn right. And starting out of the gate, I got a bit of a. All right. You gonna pull a? You gonna pull a, 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 a Mr. Costanza right here? What do you mean? 
You said I, th- I thought you were gonna say I got a bone to pick. I thought I got a lot of problems with you people. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. No, well, I mean, because uh, we talked a little bit before about House of X. I'm not totally sold on it. I don't really like the whole the price I paid for it, but that's because I'm a cheap old man. And Me too. Uh, I, you know, I'm. Uh, Hickman is an interesting storyteller. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot that's going to be revealed later on with what's going on in House of X. And you know what? I'm not going to be this spoiler. <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away. I'm not going to say what goes on. But I, I, I was told by the guy that runs my LCS, he's like, well, supposedly there, you know, there's this big reveal point that people are like, <gasps> and he even said to me, he's like, I read it, and I was kind of like, that's it? And you know what? I did the same thing. I'm like, that's the big reveal? Okay. It's getting harder and Now, it could be one of two audience. things. What? It's getting hotter and hotter to shock an audience, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was probably a bigger reveal if you hadn't been a longtime comic reader, I think, is what, well, you, uh, you know, that, you know, a, a certain modus operandi of a certain character and his, that person's beliefs and now, some, oh, my God, oh, really? Why don't you go back to here, 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 to when that character was just like that and said those same things. Everything old is new again. Yes, because people forget. Well, you know, it, it, think about it this way. There's an audience like every five to six, new audience every five to six years. You know? Yeah, and I guess us losers that stay here forever are like, I've seen this hey, before. I'm not a loser. My mom thinks I'm cool. My wife thinks I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm a loser me. baby, so why no. don't you kill me? No, <laughs> that doesn't help anything. No. Just sing the song, man. The world is better with you in it, Bill. <laughs> Look, I'm the person... I've, I've often said that if I could be a vampire, I would. You, you want know, to live forever? Oh, exactly, man. These people, oh, boo-hoo-hoo, immortality. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all my friends will die. Eh, I'll make new friends. I'll make, I'll yeah, but, make them vampires too. But here's the, you that's know? the thing. You got to get that vampiric stage while you know everything's still working. You know. Yeah. And you're still yeah. relatively well, young. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I don't that's know. That's the thing. No, st- then again, did you see what we do in shadows? I've seen. I haven't. Not I've the seen TV about show, half of the. The movie. Well, about half of the original movie. I've. I've I started to watch it, then I got distracted, and I haven't been able to get back to it. So uh, I know what the premise is with um, the three vampires living together. Yeah. Uh, I know they're in New Zealand. Yeah. I know one of them's Jermaine Clement yeah. and Taiko Waititi. Yep. Um, one is like a one's like one, a one's like a Nosferatu. There's isn't four he? of them. There's four of them actually. There's there's Peta. He's the Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Lives in the basement. Looks like the the. Um, you know the the 1932 right. film or the with Max or the uh, Klaus Shrek Kinski, or whatever, uh, right? You know. Shrike? yeah, yeah, the Max, yeah. It's a, and then there's one who's basically uh, your your uh, your Dra- Dracula template. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's one who's like an Anne Rice, and then there's one who's more uh, a little bit more modern. And then another guy gets turned, and he's just like a total dude, bro, and he gets turned. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> Yeah, hilarious. Cool. It's hilarious. You got to finish watching it. But basically, the you know the <laughs> I don't you know what I don't even want to spoil anything. It's like an eighty-five right. minute movie. Go track it down. It's hilarious if you like vampire stuff or if you like. Well, I heard some... sense of humor. 
Well, I heard something about the series that they have on FX. I think it's on FX. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. FXX, I don't know. Or FXXXXXXX. It's extreme. But I guess one of the guys is like a psychic vampire. He just drains people just by being around them like, oh, you know. Which, you know, there's people like that in real life. They just drain the life out of you. Don't have to tell me. So anyway, House of X... I kind of was like, man, I paid five ninety nine for this. I feel like I got robbed. Is it six bucks for a book now? It is for this book. Okay, Ugh. there's like these, there's like middle sections in the book. There's th- things are mentioned in the story, then they are explained in, in a double fold out spread, which is is cool. But they do that like three times, so, so that's pages. an extra six pages. All right. Is, so is it, is it a twenty two page? Well, you know, like, I, I'd have to walk across the room and take oh, it out. Don't even and, bother. I don't even care you know, enough. It is, it is a thicker feeling book when you hold it, but I'm like, there's a lot of extra. extra I mean, okay, it does help. The, it kind of like breaks the book down in chapters. Okay. You know, it's like because they, oh, discussion, discussion, discussion. Okay, this is the points they were bringing up because it seems to have like, from what I can tell, there's a weird time jump. Things are happening. Characters are back that I thought were dead. Uh, I don't know. Can't keep it straight with the X-Men continuity anyway. Yeah, well, you can't keep with any of Marvel's continuity anymore either. So, But anyway, that's enough about new books. Uh, Yeah, I don't buy some old books. Yeah. So I got a Marvel, you got an indie. I have an indie. It's a a relatively recent indie, but, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. know, we'll, we'll bring it up. I liked your indie. I was, uh, I didn't quite, but, uh, well, you know what, we'll save we'll that for there. we get to your book. Should we do, now, I do not the, have a, should we, do a the indie, should we do the indie book first, or do you want to do the, uh, the, the Marvel book first? Well, we usually do it by age. I know they do, like, Marvel DC indie, but I like to do it by age, and my, mine, I believe, came out before what? yours. Mine's, uh. Oh, I thought you were going to say, because you're, like, way older than me. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. I'm not way older than you. How old are you? I turned 40 in November. Yeah, okay. you're way older than me. <laughs> Not way. I'm a decade. I'm a decade in like five months. That's a lot. I'm That's 50. a whole generation. We shouldn't even be friends. Why are we talking? <laughs> what do we boy. have in common? Nothing. <laughs> uh, we share a love of food. We, we That we do. That we do. <laughs> I am going to Dario's pate this year after not being uh, able to go last year. So. You guys suck. And honey that was good. Honeywell's making his own chorizo, or is the what the hell? It's chorizo, but you know my my wife's Portuguese, so she's like, no, it's chorizo. It should be spelled chorizo. It's pronounced chorizo. Are you guys gonna sing chorizo Navidad? Chorizo, don't like it. Uh, well, actually, I love it, so I can't sing that. Eat at the food bar. Eat at the food bar. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, you shouldn't put the two people that like to sing all the time on the same show. Okay. I know, it'll just be, it'll, it'll, it'll be like an episode of Glee. So I've never seen that All show, right. so whatever. I, to be honest with you, I haven't either. <laughs> don't, you don't have to lie to me, Bill. It's okay. But uh, hey, but I'm hip. I'm I'm hip with what the kids are talking about nowadays. Didn't that show ended like 10 years ago? Uh, actually, I think it did. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, what my kids were talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, 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 kids, yeah, 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 all right, so my book is un- The Uncanny X-Men 252, and let me tell you how I came about by picking this book, 
I'm driving in a car going, man, I got to pick a book. And I always sit there and I and I hunt and I look. I'm like, you know what? We haven't done any X X Men books lately. Let's do X Men two fifty two. All right. So when I came home, I was like, oh, all right. Now I think if I had gone one book prior to this, it would have been because when, then when I thought of X Men two fifty two, I was trying to think, all right, what was going on, Dad? I'm like, I'm pretty sure they might have been in Australia. And the cover that popped to mind was, I believe, one or two before this to where Wolverine is uh, crucified on a big giant yeah, X. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that is not this particular book. This no. one is 252. It came out in mid-November because uh, this was when X-Men was um, every two weeks. Now on sale twice a month. Twice a month. Give us your money. And, then, you know, back then it was only a buck, so you could buy it twice a month along with a whole bunch of other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. I would, yeah. I was in the Navy then, too, so I was having a hard time keeping up with these. Yeah. But uh, I found a local co- comic shop in San Diego, and I was still buying my books. Nice. So, uh, but on our cover, we have uh, Donald Pierce, a uh, former member of the Hellfire Club, who also a cyborg, uh, brandishing a torch in front of uh, the Uncanny X-Men logo. And behind him is Lady Deathstrike. And one of the Reavers, I think it's the guy that's built into the, the uh, little the, the tank. I can't... Tank, whatever it is, yeah. Right, and he's holding back some like cyber wolves they have uh, that are coming out towards the reader. Uh, yeah, when I, and I, I really screwed up because I did not get any indicia on this, but hold on. I, oh, oh, actually, I do. I do have. Uh, I got her right here. So the cover artist was Jim Lee. Oh, that's Jim Lee. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. It's a little more. It's a very raw Jim Lee. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, it's raw. That's why I didn't think it was Jim Lee. No, it doesn't quite look. You know, no. we may have to verify that on Mike's Amazing World. Even though I just pulled that off of the Marvel site, I don't know. What do you I'm think? Gonna, I'm gonna pull it up right now, Mike. All right, you're gonna pull up. Mike. Well, it says cover artist. It says Jim Lee and Kent Williams. Now maybe. Maybe Jim just did the pencils and Mr. Williams did the inks. Not sure. All right, let's see. Uncanny X Men. Oh, of course. There's like 19 million things I gotta scroll through here. <laughs> Which series? Volume one. Volume one. Where the hell is volume one? Oh Jesus. Good. Oh, yep. I just went back to 251's cover and yep, it's the one with uh, with Wolverine up on a big 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 uh, X. Sorry. Big, all right, here we go. 252. Uh, 252, where are you? <laughs> uh, cover credits, penciler, Jim Lee, inker, Bilson Kevich. What? Yep. Well, you know what? I'd believe that before. Yeah. Well, who the hell is Kent Williams? I, I don't. I don't. Uh, he's the inker on the interior. Maybe he... Hmm. Okay. I have Mike's Amazing World pulled up right now. You know what? If you look over by the UPC code, it looks like Jim Lee and Sienkiewicz there. See it kind of smashed in between the side of the cover and the UPC. Give me one second. I got to zoom in on this file here. You got to you got to tilt your head like a dog that's just heard somebody fart across the room. Uh. Come on, tilt your head. What? Uh, between where and where? Between the edge of the cover on the left and the UPC code. Smashed in there. You see him, Jim Lee, and it looks like Sienkiewicz, maybe? Oh, yeah. It? it is. It's Yeah, it's definitely Jim Lee and Sienkiewicz. I can see it. Yep. Yeah. That's totally what it is. Okay. Verification achieved. All righty. 
That was a lot of discussion for an average cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, I do not have a synopsis because oh, I really Christ. think because I really don't think I need this one. No, a not synopsis. Really. No. Okay, no. because the title of the story is "Where's Wolverine," and that's pretty much the synopsis of the book. As the Reavers go through their former hideout in the outback, because uh, little back history, the X Men had come here, I believe, after they skedaddled through the Siege Perilous, and we're looking for a place to lay low, and booted the Reavers out of here, and the Reavers have returned, they took Wolverine, threw him up on a cross, uh, Jubilee has been hiding out in the base, and Jubilee finds Wolverine, kind of nurses him back to health, he's having other little hallucinations that involve Nick Fury and Carol, Carol Danvers. Danvers, and basically, then he goes in like a walkabout with Gateway, um, and then they're sneaking around, evading you know, it's kind of like Die Hard in Australia, right? Well, yeah, well, Jubilee even references Die Hard in the book, so... Oh, that's true, yeah, so there you go. Because they're, I guess, the Reavers. Yeah, so basically, they just, you know, evade capture, um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I mean... Yeah. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's really all that happens in the book. Well, it's an it's an in between chapter. It's, it is the, the just the whole issue of cat and mouse, you know? With yeah. you know, with the with the, the walkabout stuff thrown in there. And Wolverine, you know, doing his Oh my god, who is this? What am I doing? Uh, I'm Wolverine, uh, I'm the best there is what I do. Uh, <laughs> oh, and there uh, so I mean we could just go through the book a little bit real real sure. quick. So the artist, um writer is Chris Chris Claremont, Rick Leonardi is the guest penciler. And I gotta say, the opening splash. Mm, I I'll be right up front. I'm not a Leonardi fan. Yeah, I. I it's. I want to say this is before Marvel got the good coloring that they swiped from Malibu. It the, the, the uh, that was going to be my next point. This is it. Ugly Drab. book. Ugly book in terms of color. Of all the yes. comic car- like you think about the X Men, you think about how colorful their costumes are and their world is. This is a bunch of muddled beiges and purples. Okay, so it wasn't just me. I'm just like, man, this is, you know, I'm looking on pages going, who's who's in here? I mean, I and I understand the interior stuff is, you know, it's dark. It's dark. They're in, yeah. But it's, part of the problem is, and it's a Leonardi thing, um, I think he half-asses a lot of his stuff. Every time I see him pop up on a book, like I couldn't name you a run of a book where like Leonardi is, you know, I'm kind of drawing a blank too. Yeah, I mean, this is really one of the few things that I remember him from is from like this kind of stretch through here. And he always see, and every time I read, it's usually a fill-in. He's usually doing a fill-in, and and it looks like fill-in art. It's it's weak. Um, Occasionally, there'll be something that you can tell he really wanted to to draw. Yeah, because there's a couple really nice ones, like when um, Jubilee pops her head out of the, like, like when she, uh, she finds a Wolverine um, yeah. down, you know, she like like that detail of her head, like she's looking through like a manhole thing. Yeah, but he and does that really, and that's really detailed. And there's a lot of it looks like there was some effort put into it, but the ones before it, eh, yeah. not so much. But he also does the thing where he does the. I don't really, really want to do detail or shadow. I'm just going to do a bunch of scratchy lines, and then and you can and they're like scribbles, right? And I'm not usually one to complain about art because I can't draw, 
but it's like how do you how can you go like story page 11 you've got that one thin panel of that dude's face where it's super detailed and shadowed nicely and then right below it you've got a drawing of carol danvers looks like a 10 year old girl you know it's his art frustrates yeah, me i have a problem with how many times like okay you could put that face on jubilee but carol danvers is a woman uh, yes and there's an there's another shot in here where Carol Danvers is hiding over Wolver- um, Wolverine, Nick Fury's shoulder, like in one yeah. of his flashbacks, it's p- art page eleven. Yeah. Doesn't she look like she's like thirteen years old, looking over his shoulder? Oh, she looks like a stroke victim too. That's Oof. the other thing. Like it's Oof. not. It, I mean, nothing. But she's is... got like this. She's got like this little smirkish, playful yeah. grin. But it's like, yeah. But it, it just it looks out of place. Nothing is and on it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it and it looks like a child smirk. Like you're gonna get it now. I was like, no, this this not. And then at the bottom of the page, the Carol Danvers hallucination looks like a regular woman. Yeah, an adult when, woman. It, but nothing, an adult woman. Nothing stays on model the whole book. No. It's, it, and it's, I mean, his his Wolverine isn't good either. Jeez. Oh, got it. Sometimes I think he's, you know, he looks like um, uh, Ethel's husband on the honeymooners. <laughs> well, not well, not the honeymooners. I I love Lucy. You know what? Fred. You know what? It looks like when he draws Wolverine. It looks like when they're doing uh, uh, not Brand Eck or one of the other parody books. It looks like we are Wolverine or whatever they called him in there. <laughs> it's 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 bad. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, he's got the wild, crazy hair, but then he just looks. He looks like he's, you know, Wolverine has let himself go, and then he's. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I don't. It's disappointing. The the sad thing is, is the art on the Mister Bubble advertisement is uh, you know a million times better than what's in the- I, I was just gonna say that the uh oh yeah that's a disturbing ad like right towards the front of the book isn't it it's uh it's pretty no eh, it's about halfway through near the actually it's near the end the mr bubble one yeah the mr bubble hmm well everything's on model oh yeah that, that one well that looks like archie uh, yeah it does and it close to it but everything stays on model i can recognize I- everybody yeah, well, I I was gonna say the ad for the Star Trek Five figures looks better than the oh, art. That's right, the ad. And, that's a, and that's a drawing too. And the, I mean, yep, I'm sure those figures. Probably that's a look drawing better. of action figures, and it still looks better. And not even action figures, in action figures. They're just figurines, mm-hmm. eight inch tall weighted figures for the motion picture in an action pose. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder what those go for now. Might have to look those. Up. I don't know. They were only twenty bucks a piece. Ooh, it would have cost you a hundred bucks back then to get the whole set. They must have been some high quality like PVC resin or something. Forty, like that. sixty, eighty, hundred. Yeah, it would have been one hundred twenty plus shipping and handling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so weighted here. Weighted. Mm. Yeah. Includes with a deluxe display, deluxe display base with beautifully illustrated backdrop. Each figure is individually numbered, making it a true collector's classic. Or it's yours now. Mm. Oh, it was from the San Francisco Mint, so they were probably metal. Mm. Captain James D. Kirk, Mr. Spock, Dr. Leonard McCoy, Cybok, mm. Claw. Oh, complete set of all five figures. 9975. 9975. Okay. You're right. It was 100. My bad. That's all right. Math is not our strong suit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> You know, and like back towards the end of the book, it gets like the last page gets a little bit better detailed and everything. But you know, but there's like long, there's a couple stretches in the middle where you're just like, 
it mm-hmm. yeah and it's sometimes like death strike is not on model throughout the whole book it's it's disappointing because claremont's run was so good and there were ups and downs to it don't don't get me wrong but it's like this book took me a long time to read you know, because it is yeah. a Claremont book. It's verbose. I had to spend time to read it and digest it. How much of that actual dialogue was super important? Probably not a ton. You probably could have cut down on a lot of the uh, extraneous dialogue in this, and it still would have played because it's a, you know it's a it's a thriller issue where you're just waiting to see if our good guys can avoid the bad guys. You know, and then the cliffhanger is it all coming to a head at the end of the book. Um, it, but the art isn't doing it any favors. Like, I didn't even bother pouring over the art at all, because I was like, there's nothing here to hold my interest. Yeah, I didn't even know for... that was freaking Jubilee until... Uh, I didn't either. I, I, I'm, you know, because I skimmed through it, and I'm just like, wait a minute, who is this? And it, and for some reason, I thought Jubilee was in, came in later in the story, or... Earlier, I, I didn't remember her being here at all. Was this 92? Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. There was a moth. 89. 89. God damn. She was scared she, by a moth. She was around that early? I guess. I. Where was she introduced? Hold on. L- let me look on the other. Because that's what I... Jubilee. 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 Okay. Oh, wait. It says Join's team. This wasn't her interju- introduction. First appearance, Uncanny X-Men 244. All right, so she'd only been around Less for... Less than a year, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, wow, so 88 then she was around. That's mm. crazy. Huh. Or just early of early 89. That's... Wow. I'm surprised. I didn't realize she went far, that far back. Yeah, I, I, I thought she was a little, like, like in the, like, early pushing 90s. into the 90s. Yeah. yeah. I think it's when she became more in a prominence prominence but uh, that's probably why we didn't recognize her because she doesn't have the shades and the yellow uh, shades and the trench coat yeah 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 so so i mean aside from some one of the plot points that's a little interesting is uh when they hide put wolverine's mask up above some pipes yeah and i'm like that's not wolverine because i i didn't remember what happened in his story But I'm like, wait a minute, that looks stupid. I'm like, that can't be Wolverine. He wouldn't poke out his head like that so they could see him. And then they blast at it, and basically they blow a hole. They blow a hole through the ceiling, and it actually floods the tunnel they're in because it's right below the lake. And so they're like getting a wash down the drain, out, out, back, back to the outside. They're like, go, go, go! The water's coming! Holy shit, we screwed up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just like a yeah. It's a decent moment in the book. For sure. Yeah, it had a few decent ones. So I guess uh, we'll just jump in, and I- I'm going to rate it unless you have anything else in particular to, to really no, point no, out. No, it's, uh, it's one of those books where, like I said, the art isn't really servicing the story, and, and Claremont's writing is overly verbose as it usually is. But it's this is not, I would say, not peak Claremont. It's mm-hmm. um, kind of boilerplate stuff for uh, you know late, late 80s X-Men run. Well, see, another thing that bugged me in the opening splash is that Pierce is whipping around and he's yelling, where's Wolverine? Where's Wolverine, by the way, is the name of the story. Uh, and his eyes are all yellow. I don't yeah. think of the rest of the book are his eyes yellow. His no. eyes are a normal color. They're blue in most of it, yes. Y- yeah, I was just like, 
Um, okay. All right. Uh, I mean, it's a splash page. I'll give him a little bit of leeway on that. You're trying to draw everybody in, but I mean, the rest of the anatomy and the scribbliness doesn't do it any favors. Like his foot is just a triangle, you know. Yeah. And that's in the one that's in the foreground, the one that should be detailed. And mm-hmm. I mean, I know drawing hands is hard, but holy moly. It's, it's well, I mean, you could say he's, it's a cybernetic hand, but I think in the rest of it, his hand looks pretty normal. So. All right. Fair enough. Yes. That, but. Uh, that's why I like. Yeah, the, but the, if you look at the cover, he looks perfectly normal with his extremities. So. All right. So going with the cover, uh, I like the, uh, I like when they do stuff with the logo that he's got the flame in front of the logo yeah. and it's actually, looks like the logo is actually catching on fire. Yeah, um, I was shocked that this was Jim Lee, but then saying that Sienkiewicz did the inking, it kind of makes where you know I guess I could see where that could be hidden. Um, so I guess cover. See, like the last cover, man, that cover just the one that we're the book we're not covering where he's on on the uh on the x yeah that's a great cover that cover that cover would be an a that's like i always remember that cover which hence is why it's the first cover i thought of when i jumped into this <laughs> this is like a b minus a c plus maybe just a c plus yeah so it's also um, a sylvester cover so there you mm, go yeah the interior art ooh. i mean aside from a few points here and there i mean the flow of it's e, e, well i mean the flow really what what is there there's just it's just cat and mouse through it you know yeah. other than that uh one page where they're uh you know spirit walking it's yeah funny. i i gotta give it a d minus a c um uh, I, I mean d plus c minus um the story i mean yeah it's long but it kept you know I had to read it. Yep. So, but it really is a filler story to keep the you know, hey, we got to have a book out every two weeks, and this kind of reeks of that. It's like, okay, we got to have another book out. Let's let's just stretch this out. Let's let's pad things because we got to have a book because we're going twice a month. Um, so I'm only going to give it a C. So overall, the book is just a straight up C for me. Yeah, you're not going to get much argument from me. Um, I'd actually put everything at a, at a C minus. Um, there's really no need to belabor <laughs> any of those points again. Covers a C minus. It's forgettable and drab. Um, when one of your characters on it is beige, don't have your background be beige. Um, yeah, it it does. It's not a good look. Um, interior C minus. Way too all over the place. I can't give it a D just because there are enough decent looking panels are like oh, right that's cool right uh and story yeah it's exactly like you said it is a plot it's a it's a time filler um you could you could have distilled this entire issue down into two pages you know if you were under the one book a month <laughs> constraint so uh yeah mm-hmm. c minus all around a less slightly less than average book no argument there consensus <laughs> so i guess i guess we're uh we're gonna move on to the 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 indie and the newer book it's it's a much newer book uh, all right so uh, i guess i'll just get started with it then uh so as some of you may know i do a uh wrestling related podcast with luke and jay jack and eddie called get back to the wrestling 
And um, I reached out to both of them. I said, I need something interesting to do for Back to the Bins. And Jay suggested, why don't you do a wrestling comic? Okay, why not? So uh, (laughs) he sent me over a a file, and uh, it is a one-shot comic, um, squared circle comics. (laughs) That's perfect, right? Uh, Uh It is the genius Lanny Poffo. Um, so let me just give you the rundown on the, um, the creative, and then I'll go a little bit more into it. Uh, this was published by, uh, let's see, Squared Circle Comics and Inverse Press. Uh, it was published, first printed in February of 2018. The writer is Johnny Crowther. The artists were Randolph Dixon and Alan McMillan. The inker was Amanda Rachels. Colorist, Andrew Pate. Letterer, Jason Kretzer. And editor-slash-designer, Kevin Laporte. Uh, so I so the title of the book is The Genius Lanny Poffo. Lanny Poffo uh, wrestled from um, the 70s into the uh, the early 90s uh, under both of those names. Lanny Poffo, which is his actual name, uh, Leapin' Lanny Poffo is usually how he was billed. Uh, he was a baby face. He was a good guy. Um, and uh, then he was the genius, which was his heel turn. He became a bad guy and started to insult everybody, just in case people aren't up on the, the wrestling lingo. The interesting thing about Lanny Poffo is he is the younger brother of Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah! Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of interesting. And uh, Randy is no longer with us. Um, so, no. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, he's elbow dropping dudes in heaven, hopefully. Um, and getting back together with Miss Elizabeth. Um, and the book is... Uh, it's sort of just a love letter to uh, Lanny Poffo. Um, there's a, a dedication uh, in the beginning of it um, by Mike Moskowitz, CPA, <laughs> and uh, he's got an, you know a picture of an autograph and then a picture of him with Lanny Poffo, probably from uh, you know the late '80s, and um, it says why would. Would it be because of the cut-off jean shorts? Would cut-off that be jean shorts. Yeah, giveaway. Plain white sneakers. Um, yeah, probably. Socks with the... Socks with, with the, the stripes. Socks with the stripes. Yeah. Uh, it says, To Lanny Poffo, I've been a fan since 87, and I'll always be one. Thank you for the great memories. Um, and the book basically just runs down a brief history of... Um, it does kind of do both um, Lanny and uh, Randy Savage. Um it does focus on uh, Lanny Poffo, though, mm-hmm. and um, it, it goes into his past and his upbringing with his brother. You know, they were both um, they both played sports. Randy Savage, Randy Poffo, actually was uh, quite a baseball player. Um, didn't quite cut it in the bigs, and um, their dad was actually also a wrestler too. Um, Angelo, I believe his name was Angelo Poffo. So they're both second generation. Uh, wrestlers and we get a little bit of information about um, their early days uh, how Lanny made it into the uh, business he always wanted to be a wrestler he knew he wasn't going to be cut out for baseball Uh, that was Randy's thing and uh, he asked his dad to train him so that's how he gets started is he starts uh, training under his father and his first match that he has in front of an audience is against his father. They, you know, they weren't billed as father and son. 
they were billed as uh, Angela Poffo and then Leap and Lanny, you know, so people mm-hmm. wouldn't get wise back when uh, the secrets were still being kept. And, uh, you know, he loses to his dad. You know, you gotta got to pay your dues. And it's just a nice little summation of a, of a wrestler that I remember fondly um, because, you know, when I was a kid, that's when he had, uh, you know, his most prolific time. And it goes into um, some good detail regarding the build-up to WrestleMania three, where Hogan uh, famously body slammed Andre the Giant. At uh-huh. that time, um, they needed to get Andre over as a bad guy because he's usually a good guy. Uh, so one of the guys that he rolled through and did the job for was Andre the Giant so that they could build up some, some bad guy heat for him. And uh, Andre headbutts and busts his head right open. You know, it's just it's one of those things, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. And uh, you can you can you can probably find a clip of that online on YouTube. Um, it's worth checking out. Actually, a lot of the stuff going going into to WrestleMania three is really quite interesting. But I'll hold off on that. And uh, it does, of course, cross into where Randy uh, Macho Man Savage's baseball career fizzled out. And Randy got looked at by the WWF at the time uh, more than his brother was being scouted. Um, Randy's a much bigger dude in terms of, of bulk. Um, he said, yeah, I'll go to the WWF, but my brother's going to come along too. So that's really how he got his shot. Uh, was, you know, not following on the coattails of his brother, but, you know, being a part of that, that family. And mm-hmm. uh, touches briefly on Randy's relationship with Miss Elizabeth. And again, it's not a book about Randy, but it's kind of unavoidable that you you put him in there. And um, we just sort of go through that period of Lanny's life where he's, you know, having his biggest push. And then um, when he does finally become a bad guy, because, you know, the character was getting kind of stale... He then changed his uh, his gimmick to the genius, and uh, the genius was the smartest guy in the room, and he'd come out with this little metal scroll, and great gimmick, where he would have a, a whole bunch of rhymes, you know, verse, he would write verse for every match that he had, and it would be always very erudite, very intelligent, but also totally ripping down either his opponent or the fans that were in the arena. Uh, and it's it's gold uh, because he... Lanny Poff was actually a really smart guy. Um, so he kind of made that his his thing once he be, decided to become a bad guy. And his, uh, his heel turn was, you know, probably his time as the genius is, is more memorable than his time as Leapin' Lanny. And... Um, you I think I remember him as the genius. This this character. Yeah, most people do because um, it's you know he actually had an outfit. He come out with a you know like a, a graduation cap and gown on uh, uh, his little scroll, and um, you know he's he's good on the mic. You know you you couldn't get around that. Him and his brother both real good on the mic. <laughs> Two very different styles, but um, the. <laughs> The one shot culminates with um, Lanny talking about his posthumous induction of his brother into the WWE Hall of Fame, and uh, you can absolutely look that clip up online. It's it was actually a really good um, speech that he gave. I'm not going to read it 
let Lanny Poffo deliver it in his way, and uh, it's totally worth it. If you're into wrestling at all, um, I don't even know where you'd find this. It's probably something that um, you'd probably have to hunt around online to find a physical copy of this at this point, because um, I've never heard of Inverse um, Press or Squared Circle Comics. I didn't even realize they were making comics about wrestling. I'm kind of glad that I know that now, because there's probably some really interesting stuff out there that I want to read. But um, well, you know, one of the things that's yeah. weird is at the end of this book, one of the um, one of the ads that's in this is is my LCS. Really, Yancey Street Comics. They're at the end of the book. Oh, so I don't know if they were a backer. Interesting. But yeah, because this was 2018, and uh, yeah, it's it's got it's got its two locations there. Although it's moved back back to the mall, oh, so yeah. it's actually changed. And then there's another. Yeah, ad for uh, Vieira Comics in Melbourne, Florida. Yeah. So it might, um, and a lot. I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of wrestlers do come from Florida. Hogan does, and a lot of them tend well, to live in the, down there too. In the book, they mentioned uh, was it UCF or um, I forget where Randy went. Unified. There, there was something about Florida wrestling, and I passed. There's a place I passed. There's there's an actual rink, uh, like a wrestling school like down in Tampa that I've passed before, and I think it's the same name. It's possible. Uh, ICW, International Championship Wrestling, that was um, Randy's nah, dad was, trying to get that promotion going. Right, but there's another one they mentioned, you know, because they talked about, you know, because wrestling used to be different territories until, oh, yeah. Yeah, until ter- McMahon kind of swallowed everybody up. Pretty much, yeah, and Billionaire Ted. Um, Is it NWA, Gulf Coast? The end. Well, the NWA was uh, one of the bigger promotions, and that basically became WCW. That's right. Now it's ICW. I'm scanning for it while. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find it too. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm not going to be able to find it, but regardless, yeah, it's it's certainly. Yeah, there possible. was a mention about it, but but there was a funny uh, one. One of the guys because Randy Savage used to live down in Clearwater, St. Pete. Um, which is one of the areas in the past I've I've had to work before. One of the guys I you worked have? with. You have gone to St. Pete. Shut up. We're not going to be bringing up things in the past. Oh yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, um, one of the uh, he was working in a condo and Randy Savage lived there. So they had a bunch of wires hanging out of uh, you know because we we work uh, at the time. At this time, I was in the install side of running fire alarms, so you may have a bunch of wires out of boxes, and you're you're pulling stuff, and you're making stuff up, and cutting wires, and putting up devices, blah, blah, blah. So, Randy Savage gets out of an elevator, steps into the hallway, and all these wires were hanging down, and he purposely bumps into it, and he's like, and he turns, he turns to my buddy, and he said that Rand, <laughs> Randy Savage goes, Hey, brother, you got me all wired up there. <laughs> uh, that sounds like Randy. Yeah, he said he was a re- he was he was just hilarious. So I bet, uh, I bet. Yeah, but it's um, I was I, I enjoyed reading this. Um, it, there's really not much to say. If you're a fan of wrestling, you'll dig it. Um, if you're a fan of the Savages, you know, or the Poffos, I should say, you'll definitely enjoy it. It's a light book. Um, you probably could write. And I'm sure there probably is. There's probably like a three or four hundred page book out about Lanny and and, and Randy. Um, but for what it is, 
it tells a nice little bio of a somewhat lesser known wrestler and it presents it in a decent way you know that being said it is the epitome of an indie book um the art is simple very simple Uh um it's doing just enough to convey what it needs to convey so that it could be called a comic book i think um (laughs) and the you know the coloring's good because everything's colored digitally now so that's fine um it's the art is i think there's there's two artists i think they each did half the book and that's kind of where part of the problem lies with the art is it's really not consistent the back half of the book looks better than the front half um which is you know that happens you're trying to get something self-published and put out um but i mean the story is decent if you like that kind of thing the art is acceptable um Second half of the book is definitely better, uh, but still, it's 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 very clean, and, but it's not very detailed. And um, the writing, it's hard to judge the writing for something like this because it's really just taking a chunk of a person's life and trying to tell it like the, like the person themselves is narrating it. Um, that being said, it doesn't lag at all, and it was easy to read. Um, yeah, so there's really not much more to it than that. Mm. Thoughts, Bill? No, I like this because I recognize a lot of the names like Bob Orton, you know, oh, yeah. and obviously the big ones, uh, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, but I did recognize some of the other ones that would be, um, uh, like Pez Watley, <laughs> Ron Garvin. Rugged Ronnie Garvin, yeah. You know, so... Yeah, it was. It, I kind of remembered them and Randy a little bit more than I did Lanny. I mean, and then everybody I mean, did. I, everybody did. You know, and I felt a little bad about it. So I was like, man, you know, this is what the gift. You know, the book's about him, and it's like, you know, I don't really remember him as much. He was well. I mean, he was one of those characters at the time. He just, you know, he was a boilerplate heel. You know, he was he'd go out there and insult the audience, get that cheap heel heat, and uh, mm-hmm. it worked. Um, you know, he would, he would win a match, you know, cause he was so smart and he'd figure out the calculations on how to win a match. But, um, by and large, he was there to put over the good guys, you know, um, unless they needed him for something specific, he, you know, classic chicken SHIT heel stuff that he would do, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> trying not to swear, um, you know, well, distracting people. Well, plus there's a scene, plus there's a scene in this book to where he's with, um, uh, Jesse, Jesse, the body Ventura, obviously. Yep. Yep, and that's even that's I a, don't think I don't think they name him directly, but you know that's who he is because of the feather, feather boa. boa and the uh, neon zebra, and the do rag and the neon yeah. zebra do rag. Yep, yep, that's probably the best Jesse's ever looked. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, love the look on the on the. Uh, I guess it would be page twenty nine when he's strutting out, and then he then he's then he's on the mic, but then it says, you know. Taunt my opponents with my flamboyant man- mannerisms. Yep. And the look on the guy's face that they draw is breaking the fourth wall, looking right at us like, yep. like what the? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it also reminds me of the Bugs Bunny cartoon with um, when like the big giant guy is is wrestling. What is it? The Nature Boy? Is it the Nature Boy? What is the one that like Bugs Bunny's the sidekick to this other guy that comes out and wrestles the big giant wrestler, uh, and uh, 
Oh, oh. where's Bill when we need him? I, I am Bill. I mean, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All you old fats, I get you confused. Hold on. Bill, Scott, yeah. Bugs. But it, that's that's like when he grabs his hairnet and he pulls it over his head and he picks him up and ties him into a knot and then uses him for a punching bag. Uh, Crusher. Yeah, well, no, but what's the other... Yeah, Crusher's the big guy, but what's the... What is the... The opponent? denatured boy. The denat... Really? Yes. A wrestling That's... match pits professional wrestler Ravishing Ronald, the denatured boy. A Ravishing of, Ronald, okay. A parody That's... of Gorgeous George and Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> Against the current champion, the Crusher. The Crusher! <laughs> <laughs> wow, I totally forgotten about that guy. <laughs> Fresh meat. <laughs> <laughs> Stitching oh, time does same nine, especially with the needle so fine. Yow! <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, yeah. But, um, I don't know. Should we rate this sucker? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, my book, so I'll go first. Um, the cover, um, it does, the, the file that I have does give um, two different covers on it. And uh, the covers are good. The covers are they're simple, but they're good. It, it's telling you this is about Lanny Poffo. One of them is him with his uh, red and white cap and gown on, the simple mm-hmm. black and white background, and it's a really good rendering of Lanny Poffo. It's probably the best art overall, um, right? On the whole book, um, definitely does the job. The variant cover is him in front of a chalkboard with a bunch of wrestling diagrams. Uh, in his blue and white cap and gown, and it's um, definitely the artist that did the back half of the book. It's also very good. Um, either one of these, and again, they're good, but it's not something I want to put on my wall. Um, but it's not, I, B minus. You know, it's it's better than average. It's much better than average, um, and it's telling you exactly what the book is. So I can't really complain there. The interior art, on the other hand, woo boy. Um, yeah, it's that the first half is, um, is bad. It's really not good art at all. And it's super indie looking. Um, the second half of the book, once, uh, Lanny kind of gets to where he's going to in the WWE is better, but it's still somewhat drab. And again, it's, they're rendering wrestlers. So, I mean, they get the physiques, right? But it's not super detailed, but the backgrounds are drab. Um, very sort of a um, lot of speed lines, anime style, where it's just sort of a pop of color. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's tough for me to rate the interior art. This, I, I like the art on the second half better, for sure. It's a little cartoony, but it, it works for the story that they're telling. It's larger-than-life stuff. So, See, I kind of feel that when he really becomes a wrestler and the art changes, I kind of see that as like, and you said he gets a little more car- cartoony, but it's, but I think that matches like the first part is his real life and it looks a little more, it's not as cartoony. It, they're trying to be a little detailed. It, it can be a little drab, Yeah. but I like the change when he does go full wrestler that the art kind of changes. That that I mean, I don't think it was made on purpose. I just think it was a happy accident. I'm sure it my, is. 
in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, but I think it goes well with the storytelling. Yeah, see, I wasn't even thinking about it like that, not only now that you mention it. That that being said, because of the dichotomy in the art, I I can't give it anything more than a C, uh, because the front half to me is so bad, and then the second half is exactly what it should be for this kind of book. To me, it would just even out and, and, and become a C. Um, so what was that? That was the interior uh, cover and the story. Um I, I'll give the story a B because it's a wrestler that I remember um, and there's nothing bad about the writing. It is what it is. It's a slice of wrestler life, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in 30 pages. Um, so uh, the writing... Well, it's nice that they don't shy away from some of the actual wrestling... Uh, terms? Terms, lingo, actual, you know, well, like, well, you, you got to pay your dues, you got to take a fall, you got to, you know, it's not... I mean, it, it doesn't let on the, it doesn't keep the illusion, you know, that... Yes, the k- kayfabe, as they used to call it. Yes. Um, kayfabe it. Kayfabe, yeah, keep it kayfabe all the time. Um, no, but that's the thing. Comic books are a niche market. This is a niche of a niche of a niche market. <laughs> so you're going to use all of the terms, because mm. if you're buying this book it's because you remember the genius or because you love wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I had no problem with that. So yeah, somebody, uh, uh, you know, somebody coming in from the outside that just, if you gave them this book would probably have a lot of questions. Um, you know, if they weren't a wrestling fan. <laughs> so, um, for the market that it's intended for, it absolutely works. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll give the writing a, I'll give the writing a solid B, uh, because it's doing exactly what it should for a book like this. Um, I mean, all that rounds out to, uh, I guess it's a B minus, huh? Between the uh, story and the covers and the interior. Yeah, yeah, B minus, by my math. Doing Steiner that, math for this. Well, you know, plus, uh, you know, we forgot to mention that his dad did hold the world, I don't know if he still does, set the world record I for sit-ups. I think that, uh, you know what, I could probably look that up. Yeah, 6,033 in four hours. Jesus Christ! Wow. That was a Marine, right? I believe. No, no, he was in the Navy. Navy. In the Navy. Yep. He sailed the seven seas. Well, you were in the Navy. My wife was in the Navy. The Macho Man's dad was in the Navy. I used to be able to do some sit-ups. I probably have to work on it now. I can't even sit up at all now. My knee and feet problems. But that's neither here nor there. Let's let's check on this this record, world record. You do that while I kind of culminate my scores in my head here. So, um, so the the two covers I like each for its own reasons. Um, the first one is looks a little more realistic. The second one is a bit cartoonish, but it's nice with all the diagrams and all mm. the wrestling moves and you know because he's basically laid out a plan of how he's going to win. Because if you look at it, he's like, first I'm going to do these maneuvers to confuse my opponent. Then I'm going to do this. And then there's like a bunch of math diagrams. And I'm going to do like a flying Kirk drop kick in the back. <laughs> and then, then I've got him pinned. And then one, two, three equals win. Um, so I think I'm going to give the covers – I kind of like them. I'm going to give them both Bs. Um, the interior art, I, I'm mm. – it's tough, I mean, it's right? a little car- cartoony, but it's it's an indie book, so 
I don't really expect this. I mean, I guess I shouldn't mean it like that or say it like that. Like, I don't expect the higher, higher levels of quality that you usually get out of a commercial book, I guess we could say. So I'm willing to give this like a C plus B minus overall for the art. Right. And I I like the whole the whole telling of the story. Um, I was interested through the whole thing, and then being a a wrestling mark, see, I know the terms. Nice. <laughs> that I was, you know, in on some of the stuff, and and it was it was pretty cool. So I think I'm going to give the story a B as well. So overall, right. I'm I'm giving the book a B. I I like it. Uh, yeah, I think I gave it a B minus. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to get verification on this world record. Hold on. Well, somebody would have had to have broke that by now. Uh, four hours is such a weird thing. Like, I can find the one for 24 hours, for one hour. Um, mm. Oh, that's true. It's, so it's, I, it's, I mean, I, maybe they don't do the four-hour one anymore? I don't know. I don't know. While serving in the U.S. Navy in 1945, he set a world record for sit-ups. He completed 6,033 sit-ups in four hours and ten minutes. Um, I can't find if somebody's beat that. So, well, you know what? Here we go. A whole legacy of being in really good shape for that family. Mm. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, I did not think of a fun rhyme to do like the genius, but... Ah, well. I am not a genius. That is why. I'm just a fat kid with a microphone. So. One fat kid with the microphone. Where it's at? That is where it's at, baby. Right here in my man cave. <laughs> uh, I've seen your man cave. At least what you were showing on the camera. Yes. <laughs> That's not the Christian Grey room. This is the fun room. Then whoa, again, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, you know one thing we, we forgot to mention about the X-Men book? What Sorry. did we forget to mention about the X-Men book? Uh, that the Reavers were actually the guys... Yeah, uh, they were the ones that Logan sliced up way back when he infiltrated the Hellfire Club when he got knocked into the sewers and worked his way back up during the... the, Oh, uh, yeah, right before During during the Dark Phoenix, yeah. Yeah. So they were the guys that got chop, chop, chop when he went through it. They they, they actually went to Mojo's body shop and were (laughs) re-outfitted. Ha, ha, ha. Can rebuild them. Make them better. I I just remember that because I, I was like, why do I have this other page open? And I was like, oh, that's why, because it was I had a note about the Reavers that I didn't get to. I did like that version of Pierce that they had in the uh, the Logan movie. I thought it was an interesting um, modern take. I on have that. not seen. I haven't seen that yet. I know what happens, but I haven't seen it. So. Oh man, get ready to have big oily man tears, man. It's a oh, it's, oh, it's it's good, man. It's good. It's like mm. it's it's like the Unforgiven. Of, of superhero movies. See, you're speechless okay. now. Go rent it. Get it I'll, now. I'll I'll find it. I'll yes, catch it. You should. I get it some. So well, I guess uh, I'm not gonna really cover any email because the other guys aren't here. And uh, let me let me take a peek to see what's in the email bag. Let's Got see a how full it... sack of email for next time. My sack is full. My belt is tight. <laughs> Got no rhymes to be a genius tonight. That's right. See, that was a rhyme. We're in sync. Oh, we got it from F. Lister. It is important. Still waiting for your response. I'm Ooh. not even going to open this because I'm 
sure it's laden with Viruses. whatever. So, you know, you've launched the idiot virus. Danger, Please Bill Robinson. Danger. Danger. Warning. 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 Come on. Bin's mail. Let's go. Bin's mail. Cut. Open. 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 Oh, oh I'm doing the Halloween theme. Yes, three theme. Open. It's open, almost open. time. Oh, come on. It was already open. What are you doing to me? There we go. Oh, wow. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven emails. Wow. Well, you'll have and, to save uh, that for the regular crew so that you can answer them appropriately. Let yep. me guess. There's one in there from Russell Bragg from Clarksburg, West Virginia. Uh, there's one, two, three, four from Russell. Woo! We got three from Kyle Benning. All right. Uh, we got one from Brian Hoot. Hughes, one from Bill Hood, and two from, looks like one from Socrates S. Alvarez III. Socrates. And I think this other one is from him as well because it was forwarded from another email. Uh, so it's got Scott's name on it, but I know it's not Scott. Not Scott. And right. it is, oh god, the suspense is killing me. Come on. Yes, both of them are from Socrates. All right. So we will get to those on a future date. Or if this is put out out of order, you've already heard these e emails. So you should have skipped ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just think, that's uh, two minutes of your life. You'll never get back. And uh, neither will I. Yeah. I yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, time schmime. I got plenty left because I'm going to be a vampire. Oh, sorry. Yeah, somebody has to bite you first. Oh man, don't tell me that. Wait, can I guess? Can I just contract something? Um, yeah, but then you probably I... be one of those mindless vampires. <sighs> really? Yeah. I don't. I don't get a choice. Mm, so no. my. So what? I got to get either bit by something or somebody. Well, you can talk to your wife for that. But... <sighs> well, yeah, she already is kind of a vampire. Oh, but um, she she's clearly not home. Oh, no, she's in Ohio. I'm safe. Oh, hi. Oh. Oh, hi. Oh. Quick, name another state that has three vowels in it. That has three vowels in it? Uh, Missouri. You know, I didn't quite <laughs> I meant three vowels and four letters total. Three I'm vowels idiot. and four letters total? Yeah. Uh, mm, uh, do, 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 do. State? Yes. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, depression? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you've got Ohio, which yep. you already mentioned, and Iowa. Iowa. Mm -hmm. Iowa the money. I-O-A and a W. That's right. All right. All right, and that's your little trivia uh, bar tongue twister thing for the evening. So go out and be Use fruitful. And, and multiply your comic uh, collection. Right, multiply. Just like I've been. I've been going DC crazy lately. Uh, what what you say? Dr. Bill's buying DC? Yeah, I've been buying a lot of DC. I'm, uh, Scott Gardner got me hooked on Batman the Outsiders, and I've almost got every single Batman the Outsiders slash Outsiders book there is. Nice. So, been going crazy. Enjoy it. From the, from the heat. Crazy from the heat. All, All right. right, and with that with that high, high, high tone, as it sounds like somebody put a squirrel's sack into a 
into a meat I grinder. I have not been hanging out with, with, with Richard Gere. There are no gerbils anywhere near me. I didn't say putting any... I, I, said, I said nothing. All right. Obviously, you've got nowhere else to go, so we no. are going to go. Goodbye. So, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. All right, that wasn't bad. All right. That was All right. Edit. Well, Paul's been complaining that we don't have enough recording, so um, he, he, I guess he can't be bitching. Okay. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we're getting behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, get well you saw the way he's like, I can't make it. Hero, meet Bill. Bill, hero. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know text. you. I know Bill Robinson, you, sir. Or, or no, Bill Robinson.